0: Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, i will introducing your host, Gareth Beckett.
1: Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 205 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being with us and thanks for tuning in to the podcast this week. Now in this week's episode it is my pleasure to welcome Anila McKenna to the podcast. Now Anila has been involved in the mountain bike scene for a long time. Her and her husband own and run a guiding company called Go Wear Scotland And that's just the start of it. She has got so much experience in the mountain bike scene, the mountain bike industry. She's a speaker. She is a board member of the Secretary of Tweed Valley Trails Associations. She's a Cycling UK Trail Inspector. The list goes on, all right? The list goes on. But she's also been involved for over 20 years now in the diversity and inclusion public sector. And when she got into mountain biking, she took all this experience that she'd learned there and was dealing with on a daily basis as her main income and her main profession. And she brought this into the mountain bike scene. And she is doing so much good work getting diversity, getting people involved, getting people included in this scene. And we love the mountain bike scene, right? We're, We're all in love with it. We think it's amazing. But... Anila just brings another element to it, what we need to do in the future, how brands can get involved, how we can all get involved in making this beautiful thing, this sport, this mountain biking lifestyle available for everybody. It doesn't matter what age you are, what sex you are, what colour you are, what your background is, Anila is trying to make this available for everybody to enjoy. So I'm not going to talk any more about it i will let anila explain what she does so without further ado let's welcome anila on the mtb tribe podcast anila welcome to the mtb tribe podcast how are you this evening
2: i'm very well thank you thanks for having
1: me it's an absolute pleasure and here thanks for bearing with us because we I had some technical problems then you had some technical problems then our schedules didn't match up. So I'm finally stoked to get you on. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's taken us a few months even to, to get to where we are, but it's great that we, we still keep kept connected.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And listen, you know, you see when I was doing a bit of research into what you have done in mountain biking and stuff, you've done so much and I'm going to struggle, I think, Asking you questions here because you have just done so much. I've got a list in front of me here on the PC. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, do you want me to read someone out to you?
2: <laughs> I'm scared <laughs> when you say research on me. What, are you, what have you found about out about me?
1: <laughs> well, just to let our just to let our our listeners know, right? So, 20 plus years diversity and inclusion experience in the public sector. Mm-hmm. Co-chair British Cycling New Diversity and Inclusion Advisory Group. Correct. 10 years plus running Go Where Scotland. Mm-hmm. Five years plus professional MBL Level 3 Mountain Bike Guide. Yeah. <laughs> Board member and secretary of Tweed Valley Trails Association. Yeah. <laughs> Speaker at BAME Leadership Conference on Overcoming Barriers and Building Resilience.
2: Oh yes, yes, I do a lot of that.
1: <laughs> Co-founder of the N of the F N Y Collective, it's which is a not for profit organization empowering women on bicycles and stuff like that, yeah? Aye, aye. Okay, right, let's keep going. Um, Cycling UK Trail Inspector and Trail Maintenance Coordinator.
2: Well, you can combine that with the Tweed Valley Trails Association so you can you can okay. put that on
1: the list. All right. <laughs> Okay, we'll put a line through that. <laughs> uh, you have a master's degree in equality and discrimination um, and you're a personal fitness trainer, right?
2: Yeah, well, I was 25 years ago um, and uh, I, I I did that for a few years, but then I was young and I was stupid and I burnt myself out. So I didn't really know how to kind of develop that career in a good way. So I ended up uh, binning that when I'm in my early days and then just going into the public sector and on an office desk so but yeah I am I am qualified fitness trainer uh but I don't use it I don't use that anymore but um yeah yeah that's that's the old days
1: (laughs) (laughs) brilliant brilliant well we'll we'll touch on a little bit of that you know um and we'll go through your background there but i do want to chat to you about the diversity inclusion and stuff in mountain biking because i know that's what you're really keen and uh aimed in on these days which will be great to get that on the show and just have a chat about that but i'm very interested in your go where scotland business your trail business as well Mm -hmm. um and your guiding business like you started that 2008 is that correct
2: yeah it was actually my husband andy mckenna he set it up in two thousand and eight and he basically just decided that he didn't want to wear a suit anymore and go into his nine to five day job at the at a law school in the Strathclyde University. So he decided that he wanted to make his passion his career. And that's what he did in two thousand and eight. And I've supported him along the way, you know, I've always been there, I've been on trips and even in the early days I would join trips and even though I wasn't guiding, I would be there as a help and, you know, doing food or, or um, just be, being there with the guest, just having a good time. So, you know, it was only really six, six years ago where I actually started to become much more involved in it and then mm-hmm. two years I became a partner of the business um, so we both uh, both run it together, um, and it's growing in a different different way from what it used to be. Obviously, COVID's had a huge impact.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: You know, we run mountain bike tours all over Scotland, up in Torridon in the Cairngorms and the Borders. Um, we've taken hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, from from all over the world to to explore Scotland and all our beautiful trails. Um, and that did change last year. So it's, it's it's made us think a little bit differently about what we want to do um, and how we want to grow the business. And uh, so, yeah, COVID's been obviously difficult for us all, but it's mm. also helped us reflect in terms of, well, how can we bring our passion around, you know, diversity and inclusion into, into our business there? hmm.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, the mountain bike scene has just exploded yeah. from has uh, the whole outdoor thing has, I suppose, because of COVID um, and people getting logged in. But isn't it strange that it has exploded, but yet you having a guiding business there where basically you had to close? Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you getting a lot of inquiries now from people wanting to go on guided tours and stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean we're still we're, we're still running. Um, we're still running, offering private tours and day tours. Um, but it's the long week. You know the trips where you go, you see a a trip, and you think, Wow, well, I want to go and book on that. And you just press a button, and that's you. You're you're off to Scotland for a week. Um, you know to to ride some fantastic trails. It's it's that's what we're we're not doing. Um, we haven't we haven't done since uh, 2019 yeah 2019 so you know so we're just doing things a bit differently and people are asking but the majority of our customers are international Um, so there's obviously there's not a lot of people coming from from other countries and so hopefully it will start to change and we'll be able to review and and, and do do this again because we've got an amazing group of people that work with us as well, you know, um, a great group of mountain bike guides that uh, that have been has been with us for years, and it was just it's it's our wee family is kind of like you know it's, it's um, I think we. We've, we've, we've missed them, but it will be great to, to, to get that back together again. Obviously, everybody's trying to cram everything in in the next two months before winter sets in because <laughs> things are starting to open. It was only the 9th of August in Scotland when um, most of the restrictions have eased. So, um, you know, I think that's when people are starting to to plan as much as they can now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you? Th- Do you think that the, you know, the staycation idea, so people, you know, that don't really want to travel, do you think you're going to see more locals kind of come in your direction?
2: Um, I think this year people are doing things for themselves rather than, you know, going on a trip with a bunch of strangers they don't know. Mm. I think there is still a little bit of, um, you know, just... There's a little bit of uncertainty. People are quite careful about their decisions. There's a lot of family time this year. You know, a lot of people, book, I mean, booking a cottage is just crazy, you know, trying to get accommodation as well because... You know, people want to see their family. They haven't seen their family for two years. So I think staycations are definitely, you know, they're they're right up there. But I think people are doing them in a different way this year um, and doing their own thing rather than actually, you know, going, going. I mean, think about how many people would go over to France or the Alps or yeah. from the UK, for example, for a trip. You know, majority of people wouldn't be doing that this year. Um, they're they're looking at alternatives, so they're doing their own thing. That's 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 definitely what my 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 feeling is um, uh, for this year, anyway. But hopefully things will start to change and get a wee bit back, you know, more back to normal.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm ju- I'm just thinking of dates and stuff there, and you know, you were saying that you came onto the guidance scene around well, probably around 2015 or 16, and then you get into it properly a couple of years after that and then I'm just noticing that your guiding business actually won Scottish MTB Tour Robbery of the Year 2019 so you can just let your husband know that when you come in and started to do it serious you won (laughs) guiding company of the year
2: I know we all of a sudden started winning awards I don't know that's a good point I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him that one actually so no actually that that night we won four awards
1: really tell us about that
2: so i've got them on my wall we had um i had the mtb tour operator mtb coaching and guiding provider of the year and um, i won mountain bike local hero and uh my uh, me and my 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 pals emma neil and um uh, zoe we who ran the the fny hunt which is a a big sort of women's treasure hunt in at glentress a uh, big fancy dress event and uh, mm-hmm. we won the the event of the year um, beating all these other commercial um, event organisers. So we were, we were pretty stoked on that.
1: Amazing. <laughs> so you had to go up four times that evening?
2: Yeah, was, you can imagine how many uh, glasses of Prosecco I'd had by the time the fourth. I was <laughs> up before, the first time on the stage. I think I grabbed the microphone off the off the, the MC and started saying stuff. But I, I don't even know what I was saying because... Oh, no. I was... Uh,
1: um, I was a bit, a bit tipsy by then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy, that's crazy. Brilliant, though, brilliant. Like, it's it's great. And, you know, the, the trail, that kind of business in the mountain bike side of things has really grown over the years, and I'm sure you've noticed it as well. Like, there seems to be a lot of people getting into that side of mountain biking, it seems to be really popular. Uh,
2: yes, there is. And there's a lot of organisations or a lot of individuals set up and then, Try it and then realise, God, this kind of work is really hard work. It's not just about riding your bike. Yeah. You you take a a, a, a group away for a week. It's 24/7. You're doing everything from the, the 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 driving to the the food to the hospitality to the guiding, um, you know to um, you know the map reading. Everything is is your responsibility, and you've just got to make your guests feel as comfortable as possible. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you've got all the, the 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 not so nice stuff, like all the admin, all the the tour operator licences, insurances, and I think people think it's actually this dream job, but when you when, when you start to get into it, you realise like actually it's, it's much more challenging than that. So uh, we've seen a few come and go over the years, yeah. um, uh, you know, and great for those that do continue. But but it is it is a tough gig, you know, when you when you take on a, a business like this.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you have full time employees there as well.
2: Well, we've got we've we've got five. Um, I think it's seven. It's seven freelancers that work with us. So they. Uh-huh. Worked with us over the over the summer period. I mean, obviously it's a bit different this year, but over the last ten years we've had a core core group of people that have 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 done. You know, they 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 they're the they're the guides. They, they go out with the clients. And um, Andy because of Andy's um, uh, you know health and uh, he's got MS, um, which has you know changed his his kind of conduct His uh, you know his um, just you know his way of living over the years wow. is that he's not able to guide anymore so um so he basically does everything you know behind the scenes um with the with, with the business and um, so yeah so we've got a core core group of 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 guides and we all we all it's so funny after every you know every trip we have to have a very big debrief um because <laughs> it's just so much to take in and so much to do and people from different parts of the world or you know our different abilities we try our best to get everybody to be of the same ability but not sometimes you know the yeah. guys might sometimes guys might say that they're you know they're, they're level five and they're level three and then you get some women that say they're level one and they're level three you know mm. um, so <laughs> it's you need to try your your best to try and get people to give you the right assessment of, you know, what what they're capable of and what their fitness is. Because you have to get, your group has to gel over a a whole week when you're riding, you know, five to seven hours a day.
1: Yeah. I always thought that would be the hardest thing to get right in a guiding company, is getting people's abilities right. Because you you can't have somebody that's not fit and, you know, has, you know, there are... They're a weekend warrior at very, very best, and expect somebody who rides maybe a couple hours a week to go out and ride, you know, five, six, seven hours a day. You know, <laughs> there's there's going to be problems there.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's the beauty of of um for for, for us, we always have two guides on every um on every trip. So you know, it's, it's in in the, the, for every guide, it's one guide to eight people. So you can run a trip like that, but we would always have two. So it means that if you do have those variabilities or you have those differences, then you can have contingency plans in place and perhaps do things differently, um, or give some more support to somebody if they if they need it, um, or just you know manage it in a way that everybody gets something out of the week um, because mm-hmm. everybody's there for for a challenge. And that's what a mountain bike mm-hmm. is. It's, you, you have fun. You can you know you go out, you challenge yourself, you work hard. You come back, you might jump into the Loch, you have a few beers, have some good food, and 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 chill out. So so it's it's a different kind of holiday. It's not a beach holiday where you're just kind of chilling and, and doing nothing. But you know you're you're you are working hard, and that's 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 all part of the part of the fun really
1: yeah definitely definitely for us guys we kind of like that type of stuff you know Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: <definitely. laughs>
1: like to be challenged a wee bit not yeah. too much just a wee bit <laughs> uh, so let's let's chat about your background a wee bit Anila like how did the whole mountain bike journey thing start for you
2: um yeah so I am um, of Pakistani heritage so I'm um, so call myself south call myself a Scottish, Glaswegian, Pakistani—I uh, don't know. I really don't know what my identity is. It changes every day. <laughs> sometimes I'm South Asian, sometimes I'm Pakistani, sometimes I'm a, a Ouija, uh, and uh, it's short for Glaswegian.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I've been uh, bikes weren't really part of my, you know, my, my upbringing. There was one bike in the house, which was a, which was an old chopper. That my brother had and you know he was i remember him like just giving me a a, a backy on his uh, that big long seat that was on it
0: yeah
1: class
2: do you remember i don't know
1: yeah yeah no i remember them i seen one the other day actually some guy riding one here really nice one
2: yeah, you can get like four people i remember you could get like four people on a on a one of those seats one of those long saddles you know it yeah was crazy um, but I do remember, you know, my brother having a bike. But for me, it wasn't really. It, I just for men biking when you live in an urban area, it, it's not on your radar. You know, mm. there's no such thing. You, you know, it's, it's a kind of sport because it's relatively new. You have to be introduced to it. You know, we're not told in the school curriculum that mountain yeah. biking is good for resilience. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's good for your health. Um, uh so you kind of have to you know a lot of people that I know just stumble on it or they they meet somebody and then they get into it and so I think that's why for a lot of women they do actually end up riding a lot later in life than uh than than, than guys because you know they they might not have been privy to it in the in the mm-hmm. first place so and um, but might get introduced to it from their from their boyfriend and partner and that's what happened to me you know I uh you know, I went to university and met my, my husband there and he was a, a BMXer and, you know, so for me it was like, okay, you know, let's, he was like, come on, let's go and uh, let's get you on a bike and see what it's like and and just gave me his, you know, his, his one of his helmets and I, I don't even remember what bike I was on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when you're a rider, you if you're not a guide, you don't have any kind of understanding of what's technical and what's not technical. You just think, oh, that'll be easy because it's easy for me. So you take somebody down, uh, you know, a certain section of trail. And uh, I remember it was really, st- it just felt so steep that, <laughs> that I'm going to die here. Um, yeah. But I just kept my face, you know. I kept, I kept a like a, a kind of ha- happy face. I was like, "Yeah, this is great." <laughs> but I was inside. I was like, "I'm so glad I just survived." what well, he's just made me ride. And um, but you know, it must have stuck with me because even though I didn't actually enjoy mountain biking for quite a long time, but something stuck with me to to keep me at it. And I only mm-hmm. went to, you know after maybe, I don't know, five, six years of riding. Really? Yeah, uh yeah. And I think it was because of a number of things. I think, you know, this this doesn't sound so great, right, because I'm obviously trying to promote more women into biking. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I just let him do everything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know I didn't know anything about the mechanics of a bike I didn't just he just did all the map reading, took me everywhere I just followed that was his job. I would make the I would put the stove on and make the, the tea at the camp you at know, the camp at the end of the night. Um, um, but uh, you know, your stereotypical like uh, you know um roles. But it was only when I, for me, when I started becoming a bit more independent and learning more about what the bike means, what it can do, and um, where it can take me. And then for me to make those decisions myself is when I actually started to fall in love with it.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when I have female guests on the show, um, I always ask them how they get into it because, you know, it has that kind of image of being very male dominated and you know when I when I had Lynn Armstrong on last week and I know you you're good friends with Lynn um I was chatting to her a bit about it as well and you know did you feel that when you got into it as well that it was very male dominated like did you see many more girls riding the trails when you first started
2: no, no. I was. There was only a few of us, you know, when we first started out. I mean, there was very few women. I think there's only my friend Shona Carnegie, and she was another one like me, you know, just following her man, um, doing, doing, doing what he was doing, and and uh, so we kind of, you know, rode together as a as, as two couples. But, uh, you know, I don't think you think about it at the time. You don't think about it. I think it's for me, it's become more obvious now because I'm I, I'm much more aware of the impact that can have if you don't see somebody like yourself. I think for me, I was just trying to fit in. You know, I think I had identity problems, uh, not just with in terms of gender, but in terms of my ethnicity as well, and desperately, really not wanting to be that and desperately not wanting to be somebody that was different, you know, I just wanted to fit in like everybody else and and um so so yeah for me personally it didn't really it didn't really matter to me. It's only when I started to ride, as I said, independently and becoming more engaged with other women and hearing their stories and hearing their challenges mm. of of riding and experiences and starting to become more aware of the Um, the barriers that exist for for women Um, and they don't come you know they're not just from uh, from men you know it's not like the behavior of men it's a systemic problem in the sense that we're we're grown up to be defined as male and female and you know male is is you can when you associate being male then you're you know you're you're risk taker you're you know you're strong you're assertive with women it's about being caring and soft and and um, nurturing and so if you think about those words that i'm using and thinking about mountain biking where does mountain biking fit into that
0: mm, yeah yeah very you fit, true
2: you know so so uh, it's it doesn't come to it doesn't come to us naturally because we're defined to to be this so that's what you know women have to have to fight against that system or have to fight against that in society and um, to, to to be able to get that, that equal equal status.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it is funny because, like, I've had a few girls on the show and, you know, one of them got introduced to it via her boyfriend. And I think it was maybe their first or second date. And <laughs> he put her on... <laughs> downhill bike oh no and just said this is a red but you'll be okay just follow me <laughs> you know and i'm just thinking really <laughs> like that's just crazy now fair play she races and all now awesome but you know there's so many people that get into it like that mm-hmm. and you know it, it's funny what you're saying there that it will take a certain person to Go through that experience, a certain type of person, to go through that experience and think, yeah, I really enjoy this because I would be scared doing that in a, a downhill bike for the first time. <laughs> <You
2: know? laughs> well, I know if you think about it, it's like throwing yourself into a situation that you've not got any skill, you know, or technique, or to to go and do it, and uh, and, and that can just be off putting for somebody if they've been thrown into that. You know, it's yeah. like, And I know that we all we all do that because we think about our own abilities and we think, okay, well, if that's easy for me, then maybe that other person can do that too. But I think when you become a guide or a coach, you start to see it very differently. You start to see it very differently because you can start to see that actually you can't think about yourself as the kind of defined you know ability you have to you have to kind of break it down for people and see see at what point of our mountain bike journey they're at to Mm -hmm. to make sure that they can enjoy it you know
1: yeah yeah that's very interesting because I was going to actually ask you that and that if your experience guiding and coaching and stuff uh, and when you were getting ladies coming and and, uh, riding with you and stuff did you see Anything different, or did that teach you anything different about how girls were approaching mountain biking?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's where I've learned. I've learned so much is from people's experience, and I think that's why it's important to talk about it because we don't know people's lived experience unless we we hear those stories or we make we go out and proactively you know find out what those stories are because we we, we define what's around us by what we know you know so we have to we have to be a wee bit more open-minded and trying to understand that Mm -hmm. um so for women yeah I've heard a a lot of challenges for women you know one is is uh, is the internal barriers around the fact that they don't have the confidence or feel that they you know this place isn't for them because it's you know, it's competitive, it's it's hard, you know, it's going down that red route for the first time, and that's what you're you're measuring it, you're measuring it against, you know. Oh well, if I can't do that, then it's you know, I'm 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 not good at this sport. So you've got a bit of that internal stuff going on, but you've got also the external stuff around um, you know, the fact that if you're if it's predominantly male already, then it's how comfortable are you going to want to be going into that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so you might feel well, okay, that that's not for me, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna participate in it. So that's why we have to be all of us, men and women, need to be proactive about getting more women into sport because they are still in a, a minority. You know, we, we're lucky in the Tweed Valley. I live in the Tweed Valley in Scotland. We've got a huge riding community here, and it's just it's. Amazing, a huge women's um, riding community. But you know, we, we need to, you know, women just they're not well represented in mountain biking. And if you think about cycling and the different disciplines of cycling, you know, when you think about British cycling and you, and you think about, you know, track, road cycling, mountain biking, so on, mountain biking is one of the most challenging areas when it comes to women's participation levels. Mm. And you'll see that in the racing, um, you'll see that in the leaders, the number of leaders, the number of coaches, the number of guides. So we've got a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You see, I never even thought about that side of it, about the coaches, that side, the guides, all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a different way to look at it. Um, so when you were starting off, that, you know, and you, you said you didn't really get into it for about five years or so, like... Why was that? Was it was it anything to do with you know there being a lot more guys involved in it, or why why do you think? What was your barriers to really enjoying it, just kind of straight off the bat?
2: <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me that. Do you know that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't know. I think um, I was just doing it because my boyfriend was doing it, and yeah. And uh, I wanted to be with him, and I enjoyed my time with him. And but you know, there's maybe another element of it is, um, you know, maybe I I, I got something from it. I didn't really con, I wasn't consciously aware of it. So obviously, from mountain biking, you you do get that adrenaline hit, don't you?
0: Mm. You get
2: that endorphin rush when you. When you get down the bottom of a trail and you think, okay, one, yes, I've survived, but two, you think, oh man, that was bloody awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're just buzzing after that for, you know, for, for for a long time. I think for me, the it was less the buzz at that time. It was more the fact that I just, you know, I was still alive was the, <laughs> the feeling that I was getting at the at the bottom of the trail. Yeah. Um, but I think there maybe had was an element of of that that kind of buzz that just kept me going but i think the, the the barriers for me were i suppose i never saw it was only you're right it was only men in the sport you know it was all men at that time there was um and there wasn't anybody like me and it was only when i started to become more independent and start to see women that were interested and i could encourage women to get involved in it then start seriously Enjoying it, you mm-hmm. know. That's because I don't know. Maybe there's that sort of shared sense of I don't know. um You know, being in a minority and having that kind of support for each other, maybe maybe brought a different dimension to it. You know.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Like, and we're seeing these women camps popping up quite a lot now. And you know, i chat at last week with lynn with the air maidens and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and like for you personally, like how do you, how good do you think something like that is to get more ladies and women involved in it? Do you think it's it's something good, and it's something that if people have the opportunity to do that, they should definitely experience it?
2: Oh yeah, I'm. You know, if if I hear one more person say to me, "Oh, you know, women's mountain bike events are are you know are sexist," or honestly, I'll just shoot them because. I've had to deal with so much resistance over the years and it's just hard. Really? To really? Yeah. When I mean, you're trying to do a good thing. I mean, even now, if I put up a post about, you know, like race and racism and cycling or whatever, you still get a backlash, you know, you still get people that will comment and say, say things and um, uh, and mock it. They'll mock you trying to, trying to do a good thing. And and that can be hard because you have to just rise above it, you know. You have to just mm-hmm. rise above all the all the nonsense and and get on with it. And I think with anything, any situation in life that you're trying to change something and do make it better, you're always going to get that backlash, you know. Until it's a, a t- until you come to a point that it becomes normalised and everybody just gets on with it. So. I think we're getting to a stage like that with women's um, only events, and the thing about safe, uh, like you know, these this word these words safe spaces, you know, like having women ride together. Well, one, it's just a bloody good laugh. Yeah. You know, uh, just getting a bunch of women together, and uh, you know, it's like going for a night out, going for a going for a bike ride, and and letting your hair down. But there's also. Um, that that feeling of being a safe space, and that's your opportunity to to build your confidence, to to let people know that you're scared, or you let people know that I'm not comfortable riding this, or you need a few tips, or or um, or you've got some daft lassie questions that you you can mm-hmm. ask, not feel that you're going to be laughed at, or you know whatever. And so safe spaces are good, but the end result for all of this is that you want women then to have that choice you want them to be go- to just go to a normal side mountain bike club and feel that they're part of it you know and um, so one it's about giving confidence but it, but it's also giving people that opportunity to participate in a sport that they might not otherwise ever do
1: yeah do you think confidence plays a big part in it you know thinking that you're good enough to ride with guys. Do you think that plays a part in the whole thing of you know girls maybe been put off initially?
2: Well some you know some people might say no, but I I, I think that I, I don't let's say this, right? We can't homogenize every single woman. Do you know what I mean? So women yeah. all women aren't the same. We're all different. Some are stronger than others. Some are, you know some have got backgrounds where you know their families have been cycling or or they've got brothers or whatever, but there's 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 a lot of women. Yes, I would say that um that wouldn't feel confident going into going into space, um because you know even though they might be welcomed, you know they might be fully welcomed, but maybe there might be these set there might be certain etiquette about the way you do things that might not fit comfortably with a woman or um you, you know so. So I think confidence does play does play a big part, but not for every single woman. I think that 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 in itself is a bit would be a generalization, but there's yeah. certainly a huge chunk out there that would, would need to feel that they're part of it before they can participate. Or they've got the skills and knowledge about mountain biking before they go into that um you know, that mixed mixed mm-hmm. group that then they can have the conversations about, you know. Um, you know, uh, different tires, different different uh, different parts, different to bikes, different frames. You know, whatever the conversations that we all have when we go out riding, and mm-hmm. um, um, what the gear is, what what we you know what to wear. Um, and and once you've got that, maybe you know people will feel stronger to 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 participate in in uh, in the clubs that exist and might not feel the need to. Just go to a women only, sp- only women only event, but I love women only events. It's a good crack, and um, you know, they're, uh, it's incredible how if you kind of ask people's feedback for how they they felt participating in something, it's incredible the the feedback you get from, from people about actually their own confidence and not just talking about confidence in, in riding, but confidence in terms of, you know, your life skills as well. Because mountain biking does give us a lot, doesn't it? It doesn't mm-hmm. just give us a riding a bike. It's 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 a challenging sport. You know, we, we, we challenge ourselves, we ride we ride what we what's technical. We're always looking for more technical. Um and uh so yeah, I think it it, it, it makes us it makes us strong in, in many ways.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, just chat a little bit about your your public sector work and stuff like that. Were you involved in the diversity public sector stuff before you started mountain biking?
2: Yeah, yeah. So that is my main profession. Um, so I've been working in, I work, I started off in an anti-racist charity in, uh, when I left university and then I went on to work in the, well, I tried to be a fitness instructor, and then instead of t- trying to do some yoga classes, you know, to balance it out, I did all the high energy um, classes because they were the ones all the other fitness instructors didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up doing like seven high energy classes a day. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, I had to, uh, yeah. I wish, you know, in hindsight, I wish I'd looked at it differently, and that I might have kept that career all my life. Um, But uh, yeah, stupidly, I was only in my early twenties, and and didn't didn't have the chance to uh, really see it out. So anyway, yeah, I went into public sector, and uh, and I've been doing that for the last since (laughs) 1999. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, cool. And you know, did you when you get interested in mountain biking then, did you see when you initially got started there, did you see a lack of diversity in mountain biking from the get go? You know, is this something that really sprung to mind for you? No,
2: No, no, not, not as I said, I was having real sort of. identity problems so for me it was all about trying to fit in you know yeah um, uh, and not being in the minority and desperately wanting to be in the majority because i had a hard time at school you know with um, uh, racial abuse and uh, and you know just stuff that gets said to you as a kid so so you know that that sticks with you it never it never leaves you yeah Um, it never leaves you uh anyway i've lost what the question was so
1: don't worry, we'll go on. <laughs> what, was it,
2: what, was the, um, what was the point? I was
1: just, you know, look, looking from the outside in, you know, before you started mountain biking, did you did you think of, it, of something of, of lacking of diversity, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, I didn't then. But I think um, as I started to see the parallels between my work and the public yeah. sector and understanding how inequality in society works, how people are unfairly treated, how we have, you know, um, how people are defined by privilege, you know, whether we're, you know, able-bodied, whether it's based on race, um, you know, or gender. And I think over the, you know, doing the work around women's participation, it led me to to actually think about the parallels and made it much more obvious to me that there is a a Mm -hmm. significant problem. And particularly around ethnicity as well and people of colour. Um only started really to think about that in the last couple of years because one, I'm comfortable with my own identity now. Um, so I, I don't, you know, and uh, and because of that and that journey that I've been on, I've been able to um, I can see better. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. see what the what that I am in a minority and um, and it shouldn't be like that. You know, it it shouldn't be like that. We should have people of colour participating in the sport. um, And I think we just have to just step back and ask ourselves the question, why? Why isn't it like that as it it currently stands? So, And that's where we're at in the mountain bike world, in the mountain bike industry right now. Uh, You know, we see a solid Black Lives Matter last year that had a huge impact on... um, the outdoor sector and and cycling and a lot of organisations, a lot of brands, a lot of national bodies, you know, put their hands up and said, yeah, actually, you're right. We're not actually, why have we not got any, you know, black and brown faces? What's what's going on here? And to question, well, what can we do differently? Because it's not that people don't want to. It's not like they're a hard to reach group. It's just a matter of actually doing something, a bit more proactive to encourage people to take part and there's loads of great examples out there now you know loads of great examples like I'm involved in the Women of Colour Cycling group and there's just about one to be set up in Glasgow which I'm helping launch um, in a couple of weeks um, and then some amazing things like this group called Pedal Progression who um, saw an opportunity of people of colour and climbing and I offered them a day out on the bikes, you know, to go mountain biking and just introduce them to it and just loads of examples like that, just starting to, you know, starting to actually just be a little bit more creative about what we can do and, and how we can get people more involved in the, in the, in the sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I'm always going on in the podcast about how friendly the mountain bike community is, you know, um, and I'm involved in it. And I know, you know, it's very rarely you meet a real, you know, you know, you, you meet somebody that's just a, a nuisance on the trails or whatever. You know, everybody's friendly, everybody's welcome and you chat to everybody, it's quite, but it's, Am I in a bubble there? Am I stuck in a bubble? Do, do other people from the outside not see it like that? Or is there crack starting to appear? Or, you know, what do you think? What's your opinion on that?
2: We're all in a bubble. That's how we live. You know, we've all got our people that are like ourselves, have the our same hobbies, same political thinking, same ways of, um, you know, same interests. So we we all we all live in a bubble. And I think we need to recognize that we need to come out of that bubble sometimes because I suppose mountain biking is an interesting area we can all say yeah it's just about riding bikes but you know even from an environmental point of view there is some level of responsibility there as well that just to you know if we do see bad behavior or we see you know uh, rubbish or whatever being dropped then you know we, we we take steps to do something about it. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I just feel that uh, Mountain biking is a wonderful community. It's a, been an amazing community for me. That's why I, that's why it's stuck with me all my life. It's um I love the the industry. I love the people that I connect with. But I think what's interesting, I think my husband said it to me was, last year when we started to see some of the real horrible bigoted views coming out um you know when uh, like you know a brand like santa cruz or cycling uk made a statement around you know black lives matter that you know i remember for cycling uk it was like well we're not going to subscribe with your membership anymore because you're talking about getting more black people involved in cycling. I mean, what is going on? You know, um, what is going on that you've got these people with such horrible views and especially people of colour, like people myself and my husband as well, sitting there having to read this stuff, it's just so upsetting and very hurtful because they're talking about people like me. They're saying we don't belong, where um bikes is bikes, it's not political. Um uh, stop uh, stop you know this kind of woke agenda um, stop jumping on the bandwagon you know we're talking about real people here we're talk and mm. it really really does hurt this, this, uh, this self that you get on, on social media. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, my husband said to me last year says, I thought I was part of this community, but I'm starting to feel, I'm I'm not so sure anymore, you know, but one thing Gareth, which I'm so proud of now and I'm so happy is that I did a post recently about some sexist behaviour on the trail. And I raised awareness about it on social media um, about how uh, um, a guy had told a, a woman in our group that, you know, that she should have got out of the way that, that you know, that he, basically he was he was very rude to her and made her feel very intimidated about being on the trail and being somebody slower than him. And it was it was interesting because. What the change that we're starting to see is that it wasn't just women. Like there was some some there were some negative comments on my post, but there was some men and women, and there were some men, that's what I want to say. There were some men that were calling out the bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. That's that is that's so much progress, you know, in the sense that the community itself, the good people in the community are starting to realize that no. We shouldn't be accepting this kind of chat saying that women don't belong or or this isn't a gender issue or um this isn't a race issue we all have to call it out we can't it's not just for the people in the minority because it's tiring for us mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so yeah i think i'm going back to the point about all of us being responsible
1: yeah certainly certainly and like is there anything we should be doing or looking for or, you know, how can we help? How can we get more involved or more aware of what's going on around us and get outside of that bubble maybe?
2: Yeah. So there's some people doing some incredible things right now. Like, um, you know, uh, there's been some great, um, you know, athletes out there like Isla Short, uh, Kerry McPhee, um, you know, Radford Dell. And, uh, you know, in Scotland, and they 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 share a lot of information, and they educate themselves, and they they raise awareness through their own profiles about you know um, diversity, inclusion, how important it is, and um, because we all have to share the same message, you know, we have to we have to understand first of all, so. Get out there, see who's doing what, who's who's trying to make a difference in 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 the sport and mountain biking, um, and learn from it, share it, share it in such a way that then others can learn from it or can question it. I suppose we're getting we're trying to get people to the point at which they start getting curious and mm-hmm. start questioning, but not questioning in an antagonistic way or in a way that is, you know. Is, is is belittling you're cu- curious in a way that you you recognize there's a problem but you want to know more so yeah you know there's a lot of organizations starting to to to, to appear like you know as i said there's uh, women of color cycling group you know ride for unity is a black cycling group there's no nothing specific about mountain biking yet um, so I'm trying to do quite a lot in the in the mountain bike world and as much as I can. Um and just yeah, you know, go out of your bubble and go and seek other seek out other communities. And yeah. Incredible like virtually how many people I've connected with in the last year and a half. Because mm-hmm. I even me myself have made that conscious effort to meet people, you know, whether and even like um uh you know this guy neil who uses a handbike um Mm -hmm. and he wants to campaign to get you know more equal status for for people that use handbikes to like say participate in vet in events for example you know um it's uh we reached out to each other and now and then he connected with an event organizer you know for the duke's Weekender, and now they've 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 um, said openly that they're they've got an adaptive uh, bikes category or I think it is something like yeah
0: that. yeah so yeah.
2: See there's a wee, there's a there's a see one thing can lead to another and then it can lead to another but it all starts through getting out that bubble and learning from others and connecting with others um, and then that then can impact on the events it can impact on participation it can impact on people becoming leaders in the future and um, so. You have to start somewhere, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, and I suppose it's it's possibly getting outside your comfort zone, following these groups you're talking about on social media, and kind of educating yourself about the whole thing.
2: Absolutely, it's not it's not rocket science. And at the end of the day, you know, people said to me, "Oh, it's common sense." It's my, my friend, Ikin, said that to me recently, and it's true. It's co- common sense, and in, in the in in that, you know, it's about if you wanna be respectful, if you wanna make sure that this is a place that is welcoming to everybody, then then actually do it, you know, mm-hmm. rather than um, do nothing, because if we do nothing, then it just stays it stays the same, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and diversity in itself can be a good thing because we it's an it's an it can be an enriching experience for us all because we can learn from each other. Um, and it can make us more worldly, it can make us more understanding, more compassionate of each other. And we're not reliant on stereotypes and um, uh, and our influences and what we see in the media or whatever, sort of defining what communities are or defining what people are like um, uh, that define, our, you know, our thinking. So because the media tells us, media is, you know,
1: don't believe what the media tells you. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, for sure, no. Um, like, you know, looking looking in the future here. Do you think is this something the mountain bike communities or the mountain bike scene or the industry or whatever way you want to look at it? Do you think is it something we can do right?
2: What do you mean, like we do
1: right? As you know, do you think it's something we can get right and get more people involved in, And no matter what might be, you know, from their sex or their colour or <laughs> their background? or Do you think we can do it? We can show the way we can do something right here?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying now. <laughs> oh, too, right? Oh, man, it's exciting times. It's really, honestly, this is like... I, the amount of conversations we're having and um, it's it's incredible, you know, like, mm-hmm. like a lot of the and I, and I know what one of the things as well that I've, you know, that I've also learned is that, you know, a lot of people um, thinking about ambassador roles, whether you like ambassador roles or not for industry, they're good because maybe the industry can look at their ambassadors that not necessarily always athletes, but actually people that are trying to make a difference out there as well, um, uh, and using that opportunity to to influence, you know, through through those ambassadors. So that's one mm-hmm. way it's looking at well, who 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 do you, you know, who's employed, who makes our decisions in the industry. Um, and starting to question that and have those conversations i'm having loads of like these kind of industry wide conversations with um you know on these kind of um these kind of media uh, these online you know presentations um and just speaking to to, to the industry and and uh, you know, giving them some ideas about how they can do things differently, and and I know that there's a lot of funding that's been put into to, to different initiatives as well. So I mean, even like Endura, for example, you know, supported me with a with a refugee project, um, uh, introducing. Um, you know, refugees in Glasgow or asylum seekers, you know, into getting them to do a a day out and learn about how to mountain bike and and that was just incredible the the support to be able to do that and introduce a, a community to this sport and hopefully, you know, they can do it again at some point in the future we don't all need to have the the, the most expensive bike and wear the gear and, you know, mm-hmm. you can wear a pair of jeans, you can get a helmet, you can get a bike and you can go down to your local pump track and have a bit of fun um, and, uh, you know, build your skills up. So um, I'm, I think the fact that there's so much happening is, it's exciting times. It really, really is. And I, I think, you know, I've been told that, well, is this just a fad? it's not it's not a fad this is about real people's lives and um, because the voices are starting to build up you know more and more people are talking about it um uh, that that's never going to go away now
1: yeah that's brilliant i'm so happy to hear your stoke on that <laughs> <laughs> you know um it's it's really good great to hear great to hear um like, now, let's chat a little bit about your your co-chair in the British Cycling and New Diversity and Inclusion Advisory group. Like, what do you do there? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that, see that's another exact another example of good practice is that. You know, they, the the British Cycling have put their hands up and said, you know, we've got we've got our work cut out for us.
0: Yeah, fair play. Um,
2: we know that cycling and all its disciplines, we need to do better. Um, at, you know, across all communities. Um, and they have put together a an expert group from people from different um, communities, LGBT um, communities, uh, people of color. Um, you know, the trans community, the um, disabled community, they've, they've, they've brought a whole range of experts and people with lived experience together. Um, so almost to be like a, a critical friend for them. You mm-hmm. know, they put together a, a national strategy about how they want to make cycling accessible to everybody in the UK. And that's their mission to, to do that. And so they've done some great things like, you know, um, uh, you know, they're introducing bursaries and sponsorships um, to to get more people to participate, also for coaches and leaders. So giving people that step up, you know, sometimes it's, it's... All we're trying to do is create a level playing field for everybody so that we all have an opportunity. So that's what they're they're essentially doing is to... Okay, well, if we can give you a bursary, that's going to give you an incentive to come to come and actually, you know, be a leader, be a coach, be a guide, whatever, to 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 then be a role model for others to to participate from that community in the future. But the good, like it's funny because the the meetings are quite heated, you know. We've got every. <laughs> So much to say, <laughs> um, and uh, sometimes I feel for our, our British cycling friends because we're, we've all got we've all got a lot to say from um, you know when we're looking at looking at this like, these things. But the the most important thing here is that they're setting exam at setting an example at that highest level. So because of that, you 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 want the sector, you want the cycling sector, you want people that are working in that sector to to take note that that's what's happening at a national level. So how's mm-hmm. that going impact on me as it comes as it trickles down? Um and obviously that that will it's not going to happen overnight, but you know, give us give us five years and hopefully we'll start to 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 see an impact and and we'll be able to see more diversity in the in the people that participate, but also the people that work in the sport as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like and you're chatting about working with Endura there, for example, like, do the brands, do some of the brands reach out to you guys and say, look, how can we do this? Like, are they, are they, you know, reaching out to you and f- trying to figure this out?
2: Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's great. I mean, I've had quite a lot of brands, um, get in touch, you know, and, uh, and it's just like Cotic Bikes and, um, Patagonia and, uh, you know, a, a few other organisations, companies have been in touch. It's it's fantastic just opening those conversations up and and thinking about what what can be what can be done differently. What can I? How can I? You know, um, how how can we support this? And and mm-hmm. and I think co- companies. I think what I'm trying to do with my my work. So obviously I've brought my diversity work into the outdoors and into cycling. And what I'm trying to, to get businesses to understand that, yes, of course, it is a moral issue. It's important. But at the same time, it's like, well, actually, it's going to open your markets up as well. You know, here's a real potential for you to, to to target new people. There's all these new people coming into the sport through obviously what we've seen through COVID and more people getting outdoors. So take this opportunity and, um, you know, enroll with it. Um, and so, yeah organisation, I've worked with Ordnance Survey, I've worked with Cycling UK, I've got, uh, you know, working with Sustrans soon, um with cup media, hopefully we're doing some work with them. So it's, 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 it's all part, it's like, it's in every single part of the mountain bike industry, you know, from brands to, to the media, uh, to the national organisations, everybody needs, needs a little bit of support right now because they want to make a difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. That's good. And do you have a? I am absolutely astounded I could get you on the podcast because you sound seriously busy.
2: <laughs> I don't know how I do it sometimes. I, I think there's one thing that's I'm going to have to give up some stuff. So it's just I don't know what that one thing's going to be. Um, it might. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really tough, you know. Um, yeah. I've been with the Tweed Valley Trails Association for quite a long time. Um, so that, I mean, they kind of know, but I might, that might be something that I I might have to, to give up, but I love it so much. You know, I love the fact that we're able to work on our unofficial, unofficial trails um, that we've been able to adopt them from the, you know, within partnership with the forestry. And it's been such a successful, had such a, such a, a successful, you know, um, well it had such an amazing impact and Mm -hmm. I suppose that's probably a good thing maybe I can move on now and and focus my efforts somewhere else yeah
1: yeah um well you know I'm just conscious of our time here I don't want to keep you much longer but like so how can people find out more Anila? how can they find out more about you or or find out what you're kind of doing or where they can go how where's the best place to try and find some of that info
2: yeah, so we have, uh, uh, well, let's think, <laughs> there's lots of places, Instagram, yeah. to, Twitter, Facebook, Go Where Scotland is our, you know, is our business, we're obviously got, that's our mountain bike business, but all this work around the outdoor diversifying the outdoors is very much part of that now, and yeah. starting to grow through Go Where Scotland, um, and we. so that's That would be a great, great start for people to find out more. Um, And we've also, for for anybody working in the sector, um, we've also got um, a new business called More Diversity. And More um, is spelled M-O-R. Uh, and more means big, great in Scots Gaelic. So obviously, that's what we're trying to strive for in 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 cycling, is to to get that more diversity into it. And so that specifically is about offering businesses services to to help them. Um, to be, help facilitate conversations about diversity and inclusion, and that's 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 where you can go and find out about, about us. And if you just want some fun stuff, we're on. Um, I'm on Mrs. Go Wear Scotland on Instagram, but then I throw in a couple of uh, 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 diversity conversations in there too. And when, when it's of course. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and there's a link to that more diversity on your Go Where website, isn't there?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's cool but you'll send me some links and we'll put them on the show notes for people right
2: absolutely yep
1: perfect well listen anita thanks so much for coming on it's been awesome chatting to you um and you're just a wealth of information about this stuff um (laughs) so it's been an absolute pleasure getting you on the podcast i do appreciate your time well thanks for having me
2: i really appreciate coming on and and um being able to to talk to to your listeners as well, so I hope we can all connect sometime in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, um, I need to get over to Scotland because it does look amazing, um, on the bike, and I'm I'm probably going to do a Wales Scotland kind of trip at some stage. I think.
2: Mhm. Well, you need to come and um come to my part of Scotland and the borders and see yeah. what all about.
1: Yeah. Well, the Tweed Valley thing is exploding. It's massive.
2: It is, yes, yeah, it is massive, and we've got the, the EWS coming here in October. Mm-hmm. It's, nice. getting, it's more and more happening in the in the Tweed Valley. It's it's a it's a great place to be.
1: Mega, mega. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, have a good evening. I'll certainly be keeping up to date with what's going on there, and try to do more myself in the in the future. So, thanks so much for coming on and. And that, uh, giving us your information and your wealth of knowledge for the podcast I appreciate it. Thank you That's a wrap for episode 205 and I hope you enjoyed it folks, I hope you learned a little bit more about what we need to do to make this sport, this lifestyle accessible for more people, no matter where you come from, no matter what colour you are, what your background is, what school you went to We need to try, we need to do our bit and make this more accessible and get more people involved in this and and let us share this amazing thing we call mountain biking. Um, so it's been awesome to get Anila on the show and I was really, really pleased to get her on the podcast and let her spread her knowledge and experience of what we were chatting about to you guys, the listeners, because it's through you guys that we can change this thing and as Anila says, you know, small steps us all make a massive difference so let's look a little bit more into it let's get involved let's see how we can all help how we can educate ourselves and make this better for everyone now Anila, i just want to say thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and sharing your experience and how we can make a difference i really do appreciate it and i wish you all the luck for the rest of the year and i hope everything goes to plan for you now folks if you want to know a little bit more about anila and what we chatted about simply go to the show notes anila has provided us with all the links she chatted to us about on the podcast and you'll find them at mtb-tribe.com just go there search for anila's episode 205 and you'll get quick access to the links etc now if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support all i ask is that you rate and reviews on whatever podcast platform you listen to your shows on we're on spotify or on itunes or on stitcher we're in all the major podcast platforms out there i really would appreciate it. if you do that it helps just spread the word of the show and get it out to more people now if you want to check out our website you can find us at mtv-tribe.com where you can find the complete buy catalog of podcast shows listen and download every one of them there for free You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the podcast. If you want to get in contact with the show or you want to follow us on social media, you'll find us at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to get in contact with me directly, you can simply email me at info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all the emails and I will get back to you. So that's it for this week, folks. So until next week, as always, get the bikes out, hit the trails, Stay MTV Stoked.